All right, well, Biden broke some news today. He uh, he spoke in front of a, a union, the North America Building Trades Union, earlier today, just a few hours ago. He got a resounding applause during this line about the Russian the fight Ukraine. Is far from, Ukraine. This fight is far from over. Here's the point. This war could continue for a long time. But the whoa, United States- whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just roll that one more time. Talking about Russia and Ukraine. This fight is far from over, and that's the point. It could continue for a long time. This fight is far from over. Here's the point. This war could continue for a long time. Now wait, now wait just a minute. Because I remember the press fawning all over Joe Biden when he would say, look, uh, we predicted, we predicted that, that Putin would invade Ukraine. Aren't we smart? Isn't the national intelligence apparatus of the United States smart, super smart? We predicted it. We were right. But I seem to remember, and let's just go to the archives here. This is printed on February 25th. And just so you, lest you think that we just cherry pick off a of conservative media. This is from the Arbiters of Fact, the Washington Post written on February the 25th, speaking about Joe Biden's announcement of sanctions on February, the day prior, February the 24th. This is from the Washington Post write-up. Asked why he hasn't done more, more quickly, the president told reporters, let's have a conversation in another month or so to see if they're working, talking about the sanctions. Now, that was on February the 24th. We're long past a month. I don't think any reporters really pressed him on the month deadline. And if so, I'm sure his answer has probably been somewhere along the lines of, come on, man. Because that's all he can basically muster. But he did say on February 24th about his own sanctions, let's have the conversation in another month or so. And then he continued. He said, this is going to take time. Okay, that's kind of similar to what he said today. Here's the point. This war could continue for a long time. It but could continue not- for a long time. And he said on February 24th, this is going to take time. Putin, quote, is not going to say, oh, my God, those sanctions are coming. I'm going to stand down. He's going to test the resolve of the West if we stay together, and we will. But then he continued. Again, according to the Washington Post. But no one, including Biden, knows how long it'll take. Quote, this is from Joe Biden again on that day, February 24th. The notion that this is going to last for a long time is highly unlikely, Joe Biden said. As long as we continue to stay resolved in imposing the sanctions we're going to impose on Russia, Biden insisted Thursday, February the 24th. So Biden said on February 24th, give him a month. He also said the notion that this is going to take, going to last for a long time is highly unlikely. And then here we are today, April the 6th, in a speech to a union. This fight is far from over. Far, what, far from over. 
Far from over. Here's the point. This war could continue for a long time, mm. but the United States will continue to stand with Ukraine, the Ukrainian people, in the fight for freedom. And I just want you to know that. And by the way, if I got to go to war, I'm going with you guys. Hmm. Fight as far. Hmm. If he's got to go to war, he's going with the Union, folks. Not with the United States military, apparently. He's going with the Union. But just another example how he just doesn't know what he's up against and what he's doing. Uh, 81 million people, apparently, voted for this. The notion that this is going to last for a long time is highly unlikely. Fast forward about, I don't know, where are we at? 45 days? And now where this is going to last for a long time. It's unfortunate. Uh, but the answer is right in front of him. The answer is right in front of him. And maybe it's too late. But what he could have done is called uh, called President Trump down to Mar-a-Lago before all this went down. So how did you stop this? How did you avoid, how did you prevent Russia from invading the Ukraine? Uh, but he didn't. Because he thinks he's right on foreign policy all the time and he's always wrong. So just understand, you know, as this thing progresses, uh, we're just, um, he's going to try to continue to make a joke about the prospects of World War Three. You know, if I got to go to war, I'm going with you guys. Okay, buddy. I mean, if the footage is to be believed, you've got women and civilians being raped and murdered over there. Again, if this, if the, Footage just to be believed, which I have no reason to doubt it right now, but it's uh, it's sick that he can find time to joke about the prospects of going to World War III with a builder's union. Um, and it's doubly sick that much of the press that covers him gives him a total free pass on uh, <laughs> suggesting that his his sanctions would work in a month. No one bothers to follow up with him in any sort of discernible way. Meanwhile, his son's sitting in a Malibu mansion at $30,000 a month. Cost to the United States taxpayer protected by a Secret Service. It's um, pretty dire on the foreign policy front. Makes it even more important to get good people hired into Congress this this fall and in, in, in demand that this Congress reassert itself as a co-equal branch of government and not let him play games with American lives and American resources and servicemen and women. So that's the challenge ahead of us going into November. I want to put a stop to some of this nonsense and some of this idiocy. We've got to get better people into Congress to fight the good fight. You know, instead of what's been going down in the Senate, you know, Romney, Murkowski, Collins, I mean, they're all going to vote for Supreme Court nominee Jackson. Okay. I wish I was surprised. I'm not. Um, I wish the town, I mean, 
not even people who are in involved in Supreme Court nomination battles, they're not surprised in the slightest. Um, and it's just the reason why I keep saying sometimes that you know I just feel like the Senate is rigged. Is you know it doesn't seem to matter. It's first off, it's always those three: Romney, Murkowski, and Collins. And but the but the the order in which they go are sort of interchangeable, right? And so they just kind of play tag team with one another. So this time Collins decided to go out first, then Romney, then Murkowski. Other issues, it's been Murkowski, then Romney, and then Collins, and other issues, it's been Romney, then Collins, and Murkowski. And it's just depending on, you know, they 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 stay together to give each other cover so they're not the, quote, only one. But then you, you know, you rewind the clock a few weeks. Remember, remember when uh, Senator Mike Lee from Utah, Mitt Romney's senior senator, by the way, Ted Cruz, they had amendments defunding vaccine mandates at the federal level, uh, defending um, federal government's ability to impose shot mandates on kids in schools. And Schumer, Schumer schedules these votes, and he's outnumbered, right? There was a Democrat senator who was out getting cancer treatment, and he schedules the votes, and that was kind of a head-scratcher. Like, well, why would he schedule a vote? He's outnumbered. That This should be something the Republicans all band together and vote for. And four of them, Inhofe, Romney, Graham, and Burr, skipped it. And the Republicans lost those two amendments. And you know, this is why there hasn't been uh, just this like m- massive, massive fight over the Supreme Court justice nominee because you just get the sense that these that these votes particularly in the Senate are just being rigged between McConnell and Schumer in in as any different directions to to keep keep the two of them keep this veneer that they're fighting one another but they're not they're just joysticking votes to get to where they want to be, which is spending a ton of your money and then not moving on much of anything else and having, quite frankly, one of the most well-documented, laziest schedules in the history of of work. I mean, they, I think they kind of clock in at Tuesday afternoons and clock out around Thursday afternoons. That's it. And they're back home. In the the day of the, of the Mike Lee Amendment, when they voted the, the the amendment to defund the federal government's mandate over over uh, forcing the vaccine on the federal workforce, Romney's team put out a video of Romney while sitting in his office while the vote was going on. You know, whatever the video was, I can't can't even remember. But you know, that could have been taped earlier in the day, and he could have been on a plane. Yada yada yada. But it's uh, it's just you know mind numbing to watch these votes get rigged um, in in different directions. And this is why you know not not a lot of folks were surprised by by the uh, the triplets announcement that they were going to support Jackson. 
But tying this back to Biden, I mean, when when you've got your commander in chief saying, "Give me a month," I'm going to impose sanctions. Give me a month; it'll work. Then saying this isn't going to take very long, after saying it is going to take very long, and then a month and a half later saying it's going to take very long. The Democrats are just all over the place. They're just all over the place. And how do you check it, right? In the constitutional system, how do you check it? You got to get a strong Congress in there. Got to. Yeah, so it can be done. It, it, it is in our hands to do that. Um, and you got to demand of your, of your representation. Anyone who asks for your vote, I mean, I just kind of have like a, a simple endorsement process at this point. Just don't vote for anything that's that any bill that's longer than the standard Bible. I just think that's like a good rule of thumb to live by. 1,200 pages is the length of a standard Bible. There just should be no bill for any reason longer than 1,200 pages. And we've tried different things. Like I had a discussion with a couple of folks the other day about like the success, like have we curtailed federal government spending when, when we banned earmarks with a lot of fanfare? I mean, the numbers just don't justify it. Just don't. I'm not suggesting we go to, you know, we open up the floodgates and have earmarks, but it didn't seem to work. You thought it may cur- curtail some spending at the federal level, and we're, 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 these guys spend like drunken sailors. And there's only really about 20 to 25 Republicans, air quotes, in the Senate that really care about these fiscal issues. But when it comes time to, you know, to solve this Russia-Ukraine problem, among others, we need to have good people in Congress and they need to know for once and for all that you will not tolerate them abdicating their responsibility as a co as a co equal partner, a co equal branch in our federal system. That's just the way I see it.